What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. song and that music and that hymn. What is it? Hymn? Not hymn. Hymn is what they sing at church. How dare you call that noise? No, I was saying, I was saying me. That noise, intro, I was about to say, about to introduce the one, the only Greg Cosell of NFL Films. Yeah, I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't dare just say that's noise because that wouldn't be right, but. No, that music is Greg Cosell's mm-hmm. hymn. That harmony. <laughs> that is his hymn. That's <laughs> that right. Is, that is right. Greg Cosell joins us right now. Greg Cosell on Twitter of NFL Films. Greg, how you doing, brother? What's up, Ron? Dawn, how's it going? It's going. Yeah, no mayor today. Um, But, man, it was sure good to see you in person last week, although that feels like a month ago now. (laughs) I know. That was fun, though. Yeah, it was great seeing you guys. So how was, before we jump into the X's and O's, how was your experience at the Super Bowl for fun? Oh, it was great. Great. I mean, uh, we shot the matchup show on Saturday uh, in front of a very, very large live audience in Old Town Scottsdale. Nice. And uh, had a great time. And um, I actually went to Lee Steinberg's party for a little while after that. Oh, and, okay. And then Sunday was the NFL tailgate and uh, the game in the stadium, which I, you know, I kind of, I don't go to games really. So I, I always like, you know, being in the stadium for the Super Bowl because it's, it's, it's kind of an emotional experience. I mean, it's the end of the season. It's the mm-hmm. two teams. And, you know, this is what these guys, this is their lives. You know, sometimes I think people forget that. This is their lives. Yeah, Most no doubt. Um, by the way, for those that don't know, the the Lee Steinberg drop there, think movie, the movie Jerry Maguire. That's there him. you go. Yep. Yep. That is him. Really? Yes. Lee started actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lee started actually back in uh, might have been the late 70s I believe Steve Bartkowski a quarterback out of Cal- uh, University of California was his first client I believe yep wow, great. there you go Plenty of information. Oh, knows everybody. Yes, he does. Um, awesome. Well, good. I know. I know your uh, personal favorite team didn't win, but um, man, it was a good game. So let's start. Let's start with your take on what everybody wanted to talk about on Monday, or a lot of people wanted to talk about on Monday, which was that call at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I just want your take on it as far as you know. Seeing lots of things let go in film. The thing is, is everybody's going to have a different point of view on it. It, it's a, it was a penalty. Now that's indisputable. So now you get into the five other questions or points that people want to make about. Well, you don't call it at that point in the game. You know, 
and these are all these become subjective questions. So at what point at what point in the game is it okay to call a penalty? At what point in the game is it not okay to call a penalty? You know, um, then people are saying, well, you know, it didn't affect the play. Well, how do you know that when when you see the penalty? How okay. do you know it doesn't affect the play? So there's all kinds of questions, and you're not going to change people's minds, Don, as you know. You know, for the people who believe, well, you don't make that call, there you could. You could map out logic for the next three weeks and they'll still tell you you shouldn't make that call. So, (laughs) you know, but the bottom line is, is where the official who was responsible for Smith Schuster, because an an official is assigned to every receiver, where the official was standing who's responsible for Smith Schuster, he had a clear view, okay, because he was in the end zone by the pylon. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, Bradbury grabbed his jersey. So therefore, it's a penalty. I mean, you know, that's you're not allowed to grab the jersey. Uh, that's the rule. You don't want to decide. I mean, I guess some fans think you do decide it, that the officials should decide, well, was, what kind of grab was that? Was that a good <laughs> grab, bad grab, uh, medium grab? Because mm-hmm. then you get into all those things that, you you know, I think they're trying to remove from the officials. Yeah. And Greg, let me ask you this. Uh, that play right there, we saw that play from Kansas City quite a bit. Uh, and, and I could be wrong, but that, um, I want to say, was it Pacheco that scored on that earlier? Uh, no, was it Kadarius? Somebody scored on it. They ran You're it on the right side. talking about Kadarius Tony was there the you first go. down where they did the return motion. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, that's something that a team had, you know, um, I believe it might have been Jacksonville earlier in mm. the season that used that same concept against the Eagles. But, the Eagles had a plan. See, well, first of all, the, the Chiefs used a lot of motion in this game, right. and they used it extremely effectively. It, some might say it was a clinic in the use of motion, formation changing, um, play design. But normally what the Chiefs do is when they go in motion with someone like Tony is he crosses the formation. So it's what we call jet motion. Right. So they played off that tendency. The Eagles had a plan to defend that. And what the plan on that particular play was, is that Slay, who was lined up over Tony, was going to replace Gardner Johnson at at the post safety position. Mm -hmm. And Gardner Johnson was going to run across, essentially become the player who defended Tony, because the Eagles were in man coverage. But what happened was, is the Chiefs went in return motion with Tony, playing against tendency, and Slay took his eyes off Tony, because he just assumed he was going to run across the formation. And, you know, that was really poor eye discipline is the term that would be used. And therefore, you know, it, it appeared to be a bust, which theoretically it is, but it was simply because Slay took his eyes off Tony. Right. Remember when Tony was a bust? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's only in his second year. I know. Remember when he was a bust, though? Like, Andy Reid's like, come on. (laughs) Turn him around. And then something similar happened. Not the same play. They were two different plays. It just probably looked the same. Okay. More touchdown. It was not the same play. That one, the um, Eagles, I believe, were in zero coverage, matching up man-to-man. And Avanta Maddox just totally went brain dead and and just took his eyes off um, Sky Moore. I mean, he just totally, totally poor eye discipline. So, but it was not the same play. Okay, I thought it was. I just thought they flipped the side and ran it because no, they ran no, that one on the left side. Okay, the concept was generally similar, but it was not the same play. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, 
before we jump into kind of specific uh, things in the Super Bowl. I just want your overall take of Jalen Hurts and his performance and what he put on film in this game. Because if you're just sitting and watching as a fan, you thought he played out of his mind. He played really, really well. And yeah. what was probably most interesting to me was that the Eagles made it a Jalen Hurts game. Yeah. I mean, they ended up with 44 plays in the first half, which is a really high number. The, the re- one reason for that, of course, was the Bolton fumble recovery touchdown. So the Eagles got the ball right back. But 44 plays, Hurts was 17 for 22 throwing, so 22 pass attempts and 10 designed runs, okay? Not scrambles, 10 called design runs. So 32 of the 44 Eagles plays in the first half were Jalen Hurts plays. So the Eagles clearly in their preparation and game planning said, you know what, Jalen is our guy. He's at the point now where we can make him the total foundation and focal point of our offense, and he will execute and be good. And he certainly was. Jalen Hurts played really, really well. And the game the, the game plan demanded that he did. The Eagles clearly felt very confident in that. And uh, and he he did play really, really well. Yeah. How do you, I was surprised. I, 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 was, I was too. Like I, because leading up to it, like that was a little bit in question. We we hadn't seen him get back to that form no. right before the playoffs. No, and he, he, you know, he made some unbelievably great throws yeah. where we had to put the ball in really tight windows, and he did so. You could tell he was throwing with confidence. Um, you know. Even the touchdown to AJ Brown, which was obviously a great throw and a great catch, mm-hmm. um, that was a shot play, and it, it, it it's a it's a combination that they pretty much every team has. It's um, it's a two man vertical route. Brown ran the deep sail, and Smith ran the deep over. Mm-hmm. Now. The Chiefs actually covered it extremely well. The rookie McDuffie had great position on Brown, and he just lost contact with him at the end. Quite frankly, on that play, because I know the play, I've seen it many times, uh, not only by the Eagles, but by pretty much every team. Quite frankly, that was a play where the ball should have gone to Devonta Smith on the deep over because he was wide open. But I think that... You know, it was a called shot play, and I think Jalen was just feeling really confident. A.J. Yeah. Brown is his guy, and he was going to throw it to him. Um, and obviously, it was a great throw, and Brown made a great adjustment, and, and McDuffie just lost contact uh, with the ball in the air. Man, I, I love I love the chemistry that those two have. Does it get lost with, you think, Devon, and I know this ain't got nothing to do with film, but with Devontae Smith, him, him coming up soon, or Jalen coming up soon? Can they, can they keep all them great? Because that's some dangerous that's a, weapons out there, man. That's a great question, Slay. Because obviously, we know that they have, I think, I believe, eight free agents on defense, mm-hmm. and they can't sign all eight. So they're going to, first of all, they're going to have a new OC and a new DC, and I think yeah. they're staying house from everything that I've, I've read today um i don't think they made an official announcement yet but it appears they will stay in-house um they can't let's see something different for dinner searching restaurants near me right here ma'am how can we help gee same old same old wait we're, we're right here ma'am our restaurant's just a few blocks from you why is she not seeing us back to the usual i guess ma'am can you not see us 
Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And sign all eight defensive players, so they'll <laughs> have to prioritize two or three. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Jalen is going to have to be signed. He's a he's a second round pick, so he's a four year deal guy, which means next year is his fourth year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that his agent and the Eagles would love to get something done this offseason. We'll see. There's no question that his agent group will ask for him to be the highest paid quarterback in the league with a really high percentage of that guaranteed. And we'll see how it plays out, but they're not going to let him walk. Oh, look, worst case scenario is he can be franchised, but I don't think they want to do that. Right. Um, so they have to sign him. Devonta Smith's only going into his third year. So okay. They, okay. He has a five year deal, so they don't have to deal with him this year. Mm-hmm. And Brown, they just signed when yep. they yeah. got him in trade. So they don't have to deal with him either. Yeah. That is a woo, that's a three hundred. And, I, and my right guess there. is, my guess is Miles Sanders will not be an Eagle next year. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to aggregate big, big dollars to a running back. That's right. my, my sense that, of the way Harry Roseman kind of sees the world. I don't think they'll allocate big money to a running back. I think it's yeah. how everybody kind of yeah. sees the world in the league now, yeah. you know, except yeah. for the Titans. But they're on the back end of that <laughs> one with Derrick Henry. Um, all right, Cosell, looking at uh, second half, and I know I always uh, check out what you do with Ross Tucker too, but you uh, specifically hit on what the Chiefs came out after halftime and did and and I know we're talking Andy Reid you give him extra time at halftime I mean he had what 30 minutes for Rihanna he didn't let any of his players go and watch Riri uh so I'm sure he was just like mad scientist adjustment guy in there right and and clearly it worked what was your take and what they came out did you know what what was really fascinating, my guess is, Dawn, that most of us, you know, you're watching at home, I'm in the stadium, that most people thought down 10 at the half, getting the ball first, that it's now a Patrick Mahomes game, right? Yeah. And that would probably most people would have thought. Heck yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, assuming he was going to be, you knew he was going to play, uh, you know, how effective he would be with the injury, you never know, but mm-hmm. he probably got treatment and i put the word treatment in parentheses there um so he came out in the second half and he looked basically okay um but we all thought okay now it's time they're going to drop back patrick he's going to end up throwing the ball 45 times and you know hey he's great and they could win the game because it's patrick mahomes yeah mm-hmm. um, but they didn't do that uh they actually came out with a really multiple run game and a lot of it came out of multiple tight ends two three tight ends mm. which we spoke out you know when i was on with you guys live uh in phoenix i talked about the, the multiple tight ends and that's something they have done all year so you know obviously mahomes was incredibly efficient and he made a couple of really big plays with his legs a 14 yard scramble and the 26 yard scramble on the winning drive but this was not a let's just put it in the hands of patrick and let him toss it around and be special they ran the ball and they the Eagles did not do a very good job defending the run. Um, 
they had some issues with their run fits. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, and, and the other thing is, is I think what was in Andy Reid's mind too, I would assume it was, is he did not want that Eagles pass rush to become a, a determining factor in the game. And it never was a factor. The Eagles lived all season on sacks and turnovers. They had no sacks and no turnovers. Crazy. Yeah. And we heard that from the Chiefs offensive lineman. They got shirts made that said that zero sacks. So, yeah. yeah so, I mean, itself. you know, so again, uh, Patrick Mahomes, in the context of that second half, Don, to answer your question, played extremely well. You know, he was super efficient, but it wasn't a Mahomes game the way we come to expect a Mahomes game. You know, I mean, he only ended up throwing 20, 27 balls. Yeah. You know, uh, most of the time he throws 40 plus. Yeah. So, you know, it, but he played exceptionally well within the context of how they wanted to play the second half. Well, and not to mention, there's always the one big run mm-hmm. that, right. you know, that changes that you look back and say, oh, well, that changed the course of that drive, you know, right. without question. And, you know, and and so I hope people don't take what I'm saying is that knock on Mahomes at all. It's not. No. You know, this is the way the Chiefs chose to play. Right. Mahomes within that context played really, really well. But. Like I said, I think everybody anticipated, hey, Mahomes is going to come out and start chucking it all over the field because he's Patrick Mahomes. But that's not what they chose to do. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. This is an off the wall question. I'm curious if you know, obviously, Andy Reid's the play caller, right? But but how much does Biennemi get to contribute? Do you know that dynamic at all? I do not, and okay. they're certainly not going to announce that publicly. So I know it's there, such a big conversation with the enemy yeah. right now. You know, <laughs> I know. I mean, unless you're there, or unless you're, you know, a coach is willing to tell you that, which most would not, even yeah. if you know them well. You know, that's something that they'd probably keep in house. Um, yeah. You know, so you know, you really, you know, couple of things we don't know. We don't know during the week who's involved in the game planning to what degree. I mean, every all, they're all involved, but we don't know ultimately to what degree and who ultimately says, hey, okay, we're done having these chats. Here's what we're doing. We yeah. don't know that. Mm-hmm. You would think it'd be Andy Reid, but again, he's got 20 other things, I'm sure, on his plate. Um, and you don't know who's making the actual calls during the game, and you don't know the communication during the game. You know, that's the thing. Someone might end up making the call just because that's who Mahomes is used to hearing in his headset, and you don't want to change the cadence of who he's hearing, but that person might not have officially made the call. You don't know that. Yep. Absolutely. Greg, we, we've Great been hearing point. a lot from Travis Kelsey. What was your take on him in this game? What did the film show? How, did he, how was he so dominant? Well, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was dominant early. Okay. Uh, and then I think he had three or four catches early in the game, and he only ended up with six. So, it, again, because they didn't throw a lot. Right. Now, maybe if they threw more, you know, he would have obviously gotten more targets. But, um, you know, he had the touchdown that ended the first drive. And then, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, after the Eagles scored, the Chiefs came back with a six-play, 75-yard drive. You had the feeling, oh, man, this is just going to be a shootout, yeah. which in some ways it was. But I meant a shootout in terms of Mahomes throwing the ball 40, 45 times. And it didn't end up that way. But obviously, Kelsey, you know, was a factor early. and uh, But he only ended up with six catches. And I know for sure he had three on the first two possessions. So right. it wasn't as if he was being fed the ball. Okay. Love it. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? 
Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, on the way out, just real quick, Cosell, um, Slay was talking about this, Calvin Ridley, obviously, Mm, Titans fans Mm -hmm. inside, you know, uh, the division, curious about that with with his reinstatement. What could he add? What will he add? What does the tape show that he can add to the Jags? Is it official that he's reinstated? No, I don't. I think he he applied for reinstatement. I think he just applied, yeah. Well, you know, all we can do is talk about Calvin Ridley at his best. We don't know what a year off does. You know, he could. Right. So I'll just talk about Ridley as Ridley. Really outstanding route runner. One of the better route runners in the NFL. Um, you can line him up inside, outside. Um, not a pure vertical guy, but can get vertical. You know, a relatively complete receiver, just not big and physical. You know, very smooth, very fluid, um, outstanding. Um, in um, at the top of his route stem in and out of breaks. That's his game. Um, you know, he'll add a lot if he's Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with Trevor Lawrence. Man. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, obviously their offense got mm-hmm. better and better as the year went on and you, you have to assume it's not going to get worse. I know Evan Ingram is a free agent. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see, you know, you know, again, every team, that has meaningful free agents has to prioritize somewhere along the line. You can't sign everybody. Right. Right. Titans fans, you hear that? You can't sign everybody. (laughs) Lies. Yes. All right. Thank you, Cosell. Always appreciate your breakdowns and uh, shoot. Starting next week, we'll, uh, we'll start diving into draft and and Titans needs. How about that? All right. I mean, I'm, I've been starting to grind away watching college, guys, so it's that time of year. I love it. Go. I'll be texting you, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Thanks, Cosell. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Well, there you go. That's Greg Cosell of NFL Films at Greg Cosell on Twitter. Always good stuff from him and can't wait to dive into draft. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamin's podcast wherever you listen.